The Infertility Podcast is a place of inspiration for every season in life, a resource where listeners can be encouraged to push past obstacles and be motivated by individual stories. The premise of infertility is understanding the season you are in and realizing that there are strategies that can be implemented to enjoy a fertile season. Now on with the show. Welcome to another episode of the Infertility Podcast. May is Mental Health Awareness Month, and it has been observed in the month of May since 1949. And this initiative has reached millions of people in the U.S. through social media, through media in general, local events, and screenings. So this initiative was started by the Mental Health organization. And so so today I am so uh, glad to have one of my uh, sister friends that we've we've become connected through social media, um, Aileen, who will be here uh, today and will be discussing mental health and mental health awareness um, in general. So uh, Aileen, thank you so much for joining us. And I'm going to give you an opportunity to introduce yourself. Um, If you could tell us what you do, uh, any academic Academic or career highlights, anything that you want to share before we start the interview. Awesome. But thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited. I do enjoy your podcast um, as I listen to it weekly. Um, just in general of who I am. So again, my name is Aileen J. Milford. Um, so I'm known as someone who likes to integrate faith and mental health together. So basically what that means is I love to talk about Jesus and I like to talk about advocating for mental health, especially in the black and brown community, because I feel both of those things are very important. Um, But from the academic standpoint, um, I'm currently getting my um, school psychology doctoral degree at Nova Southeastern University. And um, prior to that, I actually um, received two of my master's from Nova as well and my undergrad Um, bachelor's in psychology from the University of South Florida. So I've been in school for so many years, so I'm excited that's almost over. Um, But also I am an author of two books, While Waiting for the Promise and Tears Turn into Purpose. Um, My first book I actually wrote my senior year of college um, after actually going through a very um, dark time in my life from um, dealing with certain health issues and also experiencing a very uh, intense and negative breakup that really messed up my self-esteem. So I had to really learn myself all over again and also knowing Jesus for himself. Um, So that's pretty much who I am. And I also speak in the community, not only towards the black and brown community, but women in general, teenagers, helping them find their purpose, turning their pain into purpose, actually. So I do a number of things and I'm just really grateful again to be a part of this podcast that I truly love. Thank you so much, Aileen. I did not know you went to USF. I did. I did. (laughs) So my husband and I both went to USF. That's where we met. Um, yeah, so that's so crazy. I never knew that. So, uh, go Bulls. So I, I, I am, I love that fun fact. (laughs) Yes. Um, USF definitely has a special place in my heart. So, um, let's get into the questions. So let's delve into what's the topic at hand for this, um, 
episode, which is mental health awareness. And I've given a little bit about, you know, where this all came from, how it started in 1949. But I wanted to first ask you, what made you decide to take this path um, and career in mental health? You know, that's a very great question. Um, because in college, I thought that I was going to school to become a pediatrician. Okay. But once I started taking those card <laughs> science classes, I was like, uh, I think I want to do something still with children, just in a different format. Yes. Um, and so I actually majored in psychology, then switched again, then went back to psychology, um, graduated with the bachelor's in psychology. However, when I went to graduate school, um, I thought I wanted to go into um, like social work and uh, case management, working with children in foster care, mm-hmm. um, which is where I got my master's in um, human services of child protection. But after working in that field for a little bit, I was like, um, this is very intense. You know, yes. I actually want to be more in communication with families and um, parents, children in general, not just doing the paperwork. Um, so then I started working at um, FIU, Florida International University for the Center of Children and Families. And then I was connected with a professor over there and in their research lab, we talked about different pieces of psychology. Um, A lot of people feel like there's only one type of psychology, but there's so many different ones. And so I was actually introduced to school psychology, which I'd never really heard about. even though I majored in psychology in undergrad. And so um, after working in that lab and I was actually able working with families with children with ADHD and depression and anxiety, I was like, this is what I really want to do when it comes to psychology. And so that's when I started going to NOVA um, and really fell in love with it. And I was just like, this is something that I can see myself doing forever. And there's so many different components, but at the same time, I saw that there was a need, especially in the um, black and brown community, but mm-hmm. also specifically in the Haitian community. Cause yes. I am, Haitian, um, and I noticed that our community don't really talk about mental health. Mm-hmm. It wasn't like talked about more in my own home. So um, just going through that and then self-disclosure for me actually experiencing again um health issues from age 15 um up until age 21 so at age 15 i was diagnosed with um an autoimmune disorder called evan syndrome a very rare um autoimmune disorder that um was not even found in my family and so the it was really tough for the doctors to find it um i was in the at brow general hospital weekly um, at one point, they thought I had cancer. Wow. Um, so it was really tough on me and my family. And then I was bullied in school. And I experienced a lot of um, hardship growing up. Um, and those were times where I wish I was talking to someone was actually connected with a mental health um, counselor or therapist um, at that moment. But what I didn't receive as a teen, as an adult um, or early adult, I feel like I want to be able to give back to others. So that's pretty much why I really want to go into this uh, path, uh, mental health, because I saw that there's a need and still is a need. Um, and I want to be able to bring that difference. 
Definitely. That's amazing. So, you know, why do you feel that mental health is such a taboo subject? I think in general, you know, as you've listened to the podcast, and I appreciate that, infertility too is a um, taboo subject. But what I've really found is that mental health and mental um, illness is definitely a a taboo subject. So why do you feel um, that so? Great. That's a great question. So compared to um, physical health, when you go to the doctor and let's say you have high blood pressure or you have um, arthritis or different things, when they do the CAT scans and they do the x-rays, they can see it. Mm -hmm. So whereas with mental health or mental illness, it's more so, yes, we have the um, assessment batteries that we can do. We have different rating scales that we can use, but people feel like it's more of an opinion or you're just thinking it because you're saying it and they can't see facts. Mm. Um, So it's just that people feel like because they're not able to understand or they're not experiencing what someone is feeling when it comes to depression, anxiety, different types of um, mental illnesses, they feel as if it's not true. Um, So that's where a lot of the stigma arises, um, not just, you know, social stigma, but self-stigma, because social stigma is basically we are putting it upon someone who's dealing with a mental health condition where we feel that they have those people with stigma feel like, oh, because someone has a mental health condition, they can't take care of themselves Mm -hmm. or they can't be stable in a job or they're violent, but those things are not true. You know, whereas with the self-stigma, because this thing is going on in the, in our society, people have low self-esteem, low confidence. They don't want to talk about it because of what they're seeing around them. So again, it's just more so because people feel like it's more of a, a opinion or they, they want to see facts before they can believe it. Even though there's research out there, there's people who um, show the signs, but again, compared to physical health or physical illness, we can they can track it. Medical doctors can track it. They can see it in x-rays. They can see it in this. Whereas with mental health, it's more of like, I'm talking about it. This is how I'm feeling. Right. And also like, you know, because of, you know, movies and different things, people don't want to attribute themselves to having mental illness or or, or mental um, health um, challenges because of the stigma, as you said, that surrounds it. You know what I mean? Like they don't want to be put in a category of, oh, I'm crazy, you know? And it goes so much more deeper than that. You know, and I and I'm so happy to have you here so we can kind of open up this conversation and shed some light to the fact that this is definitely a topic that needs to be discussed broadly. Yes. All right. So as as you mentioned a little bit earlier, um, you know, we both are from Haitian descent. So what are some things you have noticed in our culture in particular as it relates to mental health? This is a, a very interesting question, and it's true, you know. Um, but basically, from what I've seen, especially um, in our community, um, that again, that mental health is linked to um, demonic um, practices, and um, if you're, you know, religious background, so um, it's more seen as um, also c- comparison. So, like our 
our older generation or our parents or grandparents, they will, if you're experiencing any um, depression or anxiety or, you know, postpartum depression or any of that nature, um, they will feel like um, I've been through worse, you know, coming from one country to another or what we've been through at home and I'm fine. Um, So they, many of our um, family members or just our parents in general will compare their stores to ours and feel and, and kind of downplay what we're experiencing. Um, the more, the only thing that they feel can help with that is of course, you know, prayer is important, but that's, that's their go-to um, mm-hmm. speak to the pastor. You just need to go to church, read your Bible. Um, but we don't like to talk about it because again, they link mental health with craziness. That's right. you're crazy that you're not, you, we can't tell people about this, that your experiences, because what are people going to think? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's it's something that we kind of like throw under the rug type of thing, um, and it's just um, I feel like we're getting better um, as a community, but there's still more work to do. Yes, definitely. And I love the fact that you talked about postpartum depression as one of the things because I recall having a conversation with um, one of my mentors who you know grew up in in Haiti but came to the U.S. you know in her adolescent years, and um, she talked about the stark difference of understanding postpartum depression because in Haiti it wasn't something that was really discussed. But now looking back at like you know women in her family and, and women she encountered um, throughout her life. Life, she's able to see, hey, these are the attributes of postpartum depression. Um, and I think the, 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 like you said, the conversation needs to still continue um, because as we have these conversations, there are some red flags and, and um, things that we can pick up so that we can help other people, you know, and steer them in the right direction. Yes, it's good to pray. Yes, um, it's good to fast. It's to get, good to get into the word. Um, but I'm really appreciative of even the family that I grew up in. My mother, she was always the type of person like, yes, you can speak to your pastor, but you need to speak to a counselor. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because it's yeah. important. Um, you know, God has given you all um the medical medical um the mental health professionals the ability to assist us on this journey and he gives you the knowledge the wisdom that's needed and so um i think it's great that um these conversations are taking place and and as you said it is getting better over time within our community and you know with that also um i know it can be tough especially in our community to talk about it but finding um, a segue to actually have conversations with our family members. Um, for example, with the postpartum depression, I know um, friends who've experienced that, and many of them, what they did was they took their their mothers or their parents with them to their doctor's appointments. Okay. So they get from another a, a, a licensed professional about what's going on, not just from them. Um, and of course, just you know, it's easy when someone's not able to see what you're experiencing. Sometimes we can feel aggravated and frustrated, but again, trying to find that, um, that space where to have the conversations, um, with our family members, with our parents, uh, even if it can be tough in the beginning, but eventually they'll start to listen. Um, so that's what also what I had to do, you Mm -hmm. know? Um, so yeah, those are some tips we can take. Definitely. So uh, you're an advocate for faith and mental health. So can you explain to us how do you intertwine the two? Awesome. So again, with this, uh, with faith and mental health, how it actually got started was 
um, I was receiving a lot of um, um, direct messages from individuals talking about how, you know, they are in the, they are in the church, but they were experiencing depression, anxiety, and they don't know how to deal with it. Um, or they are children of parents with a mental illness, um, and they don't really talk about it because of how they are seen, especially in the um, Christian community. Um, so I saw myself as someone who was just, you know, going to just stick to the schools, talk about mental health, separate the two. However, I know God was really calling me to intertwine them. So mm -hmm. with, in, with combining faith and mental health, it's not putting one, um, not saying that I'm putting mental health over um, Jesus Christ. You know, prayer is the weapon. Prayer is the answer. However, mental health is the strategy. So after we've prayed about it, after you've gone to the altar and you went to the church service, what are some things, coping skills that can be put into place to ensure that you are living your best life mentally, emotionally, physically? Because of course the Bible talks about being connected to wise counsel. So I look at mental health professionals as um, those who practice, who have the same Christian beliefs as you who are seeking mental health um, resources, that you can be connected to them to ensure that they help you get back to where you were. Because uh, of course, again, mental health is not connected to you being crazy. Just because you, you're having a, a, um, a situation that's increasing your stress doesn't mean that you cannot go see someone. Going mm -hmm. to see someone doesn't mean that you will be diagnosed with the mental illness. Going to see someone is just ensuring that you're wanting to be where you were prior to the traumatic experience to ensure that not only you are okay, but those connected to you are as well. Mm -hmm. So um, just basically combining them that you can have Jesus and a therapist too. Yes. You know, uh, again, with self-disclosure, that's what I went through as well, especially the past year, you know, losing my grandmother. You know, mm -hmm. I, I, I've experienced loss before, but this one was just different for me. Um, and then on top of that, what we're experiencing as a nation right now, this pandemic is stressful. Yes. So this is a perfect time for, yes, you to pray and you to um, fast, but also to connect with individuals who can help you walk through and speaking to someone, having a support system. Um, so I, I love to advocate for both because I believe you can have both. Yes. Um, you know, so again, from the Bible talking about taking care of our bodies, our bodies are physical, is a temple. So taking care of your body physically, but also making sure you're taking care because your, your mind is a part of your temple. So you have to make sure that you are, um, you know, ensuring that you're taking care of both by, of course, having that spiritual background, but also speaking to someone about your mental health. I love the fact that you said your mind is part of the temple, you know, because oftentimes we're focusing on, oh, you know, I need to get fit, you know, because I need to, you know, take care of my temple. But it's also your mental health that's part of your temple. I love that. Love it, love yes. it, love it. <laughs> so if someone is looking for a mental health counselor, a psychologist, um, they need someone to talk to, what are some things that they should look for um, when seeking that help? Great question. Um, definitely looking for a licensed professional who is culturally competent mm. um, because it's so important that 
they can relate to you um, as a person, um, even if they are from a different background, culture, gender, whatever. Um, so making sure they're culturally competent um, and knowing what you're looking for in a licensed uh, mental health professional. What is it that you want them to specialize in? Do you want them to specialize in trauma? Do you want them to specialize in depression? What is it that you're looking for mm -hmm. so you can find that match? Also, knowing your budget. Of course, you know, um, certain um, insurance companies do take um, certain um, individuals who are practicing. However, just in case if you don't, what is your budget? Um, and are you wanting someone where you can see them face to face or do you want, are you okay with doing it online? Mm -hmm. Um, so looking at those components and also being able to look at someone who, um, you know, making sure that when you're leaving that session, you're not feeling defeated because yes, depending on what you're going to talk about, there's some you know, wounds that may be open for cleansing. However, you shouldn't feel defeated or worse than when you walked into that room. Right. Your mental health professional should leave you feeling empowered and knowing that you can do this, that you guys are going to work together, not feeling like, what did I just come and do? Um, so making sure that you feel comfortable um, in your sessions and you feel like it's a judgment-free zone um, and that you're comfortable to opening up in the room um and just remembering that finding the right um mental health professional is kind of like going on a date yeah. you know you <laughs> kind of go on some um before you find that match so if it doesn't work out the first time of course try again yeah. um then of course word of mouth you know asking friends um family members who've gone to therapy asking them who can they refer to um social media um, there's online resources like therapy for black girls or psychologytoday.com. Those are great resources where you can find licensed mental health professionals, um, where they list their specialization, how long they've been in therapy uh, or practicing. Um, so doing all of that research before, um, you know, that, that can help you find a mental health professional. And just going back to the insurance, many times you can call your insurance provider and they can refer you to individuals as well who you can Google online to see their reviews, um, what people are saying about them, and if they have a website, just navigating through. Yes, definitely. And, and many companies offer, um, what is it, the Employee Assistant Program, I believe, EAP. And um, you can definitely look to see if your employer um, has yes. any uh, one on, on staff that can assist. Um, so those are really great uh, tips. So I am sure that assisting others through their journey with mental health can be a bit taxing for you. So what are some things that you do for your own mental health? Listen, I practice self-care all the time. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I know my limits uh, because yes, it can be um, intense at times just hearing others stories and everything like that so I definitely make sure that I um shut off everything like my phone at a certain time social media I, I cut off a certain time um going for it when it was you know safe to be outside a lot I would go to the beach um because I love the beach um that's kind of like my safe space um just enjoying friends putting on a movie so 
practicing self-care is just making sure that you're telling your body, I care about you. Mm -hmm. So doing something that you love, um, taking a nap. You know how many people underestimate taking a nap? (laughs) So powerful. (laughs) Yes. So doing things that are not expensive, but making sure that, again, your body is saying, hello, don't forget about me. So just kind of having a date with yourself, um, watching your favorite movie, being able to laugh because laughter is good medicine too. Yes, definitely. um, Yeah, definitely practice self-care a lot. And and this is um, just kind of off topic. Do you think that it's difficult for um, mental health professionals to seek mental a mental health counselor? You know, interestingly, yes. I I feel because I was at a place like that uh-huh. before I started seeing um, uh, having my own therapist. I actually was like, oh my gosh, like I'm in this field. Like if people find out I'm going to see a therapist, they're going to be like, you're not competent to be t- I'm seeing someone. But right. This needs a therapist because we, we need that support system where if we're experiencing um, certain situations, we can talk about it effectively. Um, because if I am not feeling okay, I can't provide services at my best. Exactly. Um, so yes. There are some who may still be struggling, but um, because I, it took me a while to get there. But yeah, but it's so important to have someone as well, yeah. even if you're in the field. And, and it's so amazing because I think people struggle with that in a, in in different ways. You know, a doctor having to go see another doctor, or um, for us who are always providing encouragement to others, and then all of a sudden you need encouragement. You're like, hey, hey, I'm supposed to be the strong one. So um, I think we all kind of struggle with it in different ways, but that was always a question in my mind. Like, how do, you know, mental health professionals feel about getting a, a counselor for themselves. And I think it's so necessary because you all deal with a lot of different situations, scenarios, and people going through uh, different hardships. And that can be definitely taxing on the mind. Right. And, and, you know, with just also that because we feel like we already know a lot um, that, okay, they're probably, we all, probably will feel like in our minds, like they're just going to tell me the same thing I already know. Mm -hmm. However, the thing about us, this field is so big is that we all have different perspectives of how we deal with things. So, uh, you know, so going to someone, you may be specialized in the same thing. However, how you answer questions, how you um, speak to your, your clients may be different and it's good to get a different perspective as well. Definitely. Definitely. Mm -hmm. So um, I wanted to ask, you know, for someone who is interested in pursuing a career in mental health, what words of advice or encouragement would you give them um, if that's the path that they are, you know, looking to go to? Definitely connect um, with individuals or follow on social media or look up on Google of where you're trying to get to. and really seeing um, what they're doing and how did they get there, listening to your story. I love to hear people's stories, and I feel like knowing your why will continue to keep you going, yeah. even when you face obstacles. Um, because the, this field is, is not for the weak, I'm not going to lie, <laughs> you know, because <laughs> of what you experience, but in the, in the length of time. But um, knowing your why. 
if you if you know wholeheartedly like you want to be a part of finding a solution or making the mental health community better this is the field for you because we we always need it um but again knowing your why knowing that this is your passion because again when you have those days when you don't want to do it don't want to study don't want to um do the work you know that this field that you're going into is bigger than you because someone is depending on you yes. for your your obedience you know from a spiritual perspective your obedience this is this is a purpose this is a calling Definitely. Um, so knowing that you want to do it with excellence. So, yeah. So knowing your why and really praying about it, um, really, um, knowing for sure. Cause there's going to people going to be people who's going to say, why are you going in this field? There's so many other fields you can go into. Mm-hmm. So knowing that even if someone comes to try to change your mind, you know, you are planted, you know, this is what you're supposed to do and you stand firm. Perfect. Thank you for that. So, um, as you know, the basis of this podcast is for those dealing with infertility. And what I like to say is walking in fertility. So what would you say to a woman or even a man that's listening, that's apprehensive about seeking counseling for this area? Um, oftentimes, you know, people, you know, just want to seek counseling for, you know, depression or different things, but I've found that a lot of people have not been open to the idea of seeking um, mental health, uh, uh, seeking a mental health counselor for what, you know, this journey of walking in fertility. So what would you say to that individual who's kind of apprehensive of seeking counseling? Yeah, it's a great question. Um, definitely, you know, it's, it's not uncommon, especially going through um, this experience for you to feel um apprehensive um and, but the thing is you're not the only person mm-hmm. so being able to connect with seeking in being able to connect with a licensed health professional to help you navigate through your your thought process because you know what you're experiencing is tough mm-hmm. you know however knowing that you can go through this journey with someone supporting you um so of course, in the beginning, it's going to be scary. However, trying it out, you know, um, trying to find someone who specializes in, in what you're, you're dealing with um, and knowing that when you get to that appointment, you let them know that you're apprehensive, right. that, you know, I've never done this before. What do I expect? Um, and when you get there and you ask those questions, they will help you go through every question that you are um, having in your mind. And also, you know, before going in, if you're apprehensive, again, social media is, is huge. Going on YouTube and Googling those who experienced what you have experienced and have gone through um, counseling. Yes. Because, yes, it's so scary because that's where you're going to have to be open. It's like you're becoming it's like you're becoming naked in front of a stranger, but it's more so helping you open those wounds, but making sure you're cleaning it. So you know how to process through. Um, so for those who are apprehensive, because yes, it's tough. It's tough picking up the phone and calling. It's tough thinking like, man, am I, is there something really wrong with me? But looking at it more so like, man, this is going to be a breakthrough for me, mm-hmm. you know, definitely. 
Awesome. Thank you for that. So you are very, uh, already very accomplished. You're an author, mental health professional, you're a doctoral student. So don't take this question as in, <laughs> uh, you know, what is, what is this? What is that? So what is next for you? Like I said, you're, you're very accomplished. I mean, if you were to stop today, I think you should be satisfied uh, with how far you've come. Um, but what's next for you? What, what's next for you in the next year, you know, two years? What is, what is the next thing for you? So um, in the next year or so, um, God willing, I will be on internship. We, I actually apply for internship starting next semester. Woo, woo, so I'm happy about that. Um, yes. And then after that, in like two years, I'll officially be Dr. Milford, God willing. Wow, <laughs> so amazing. I'm excited about that. Um, I'm actually currently working on some projects that we'll be releasing um, soon. So be on the lookout for that. It's, I feel like this is going to be a great project. Can't give out too much just yet, but um, I'm working on something for the uh, faith and mental health community and also for, for little girls. Awesome. So. Um, those are some projects I'm coming up with, but in the future, um, my goal is to, of course, um, have my own private practice. So that's something I'm looking forward to. Amazing. Amazing. And, um, I can definitely say this, this is, you know, like I said, you know, we, we mentioned this earlier, um, you know, to be of Haitian descent and to be this accomplished is such an amazing thing. Um, I, I am sure that along the way you have gone through many struggles. You've shared a couple of them. And so it is um, really awesome to see your perseverance um, and the fact that you've made it this far and you're, um, you know, still trucking along in a field that is very, very difficult, you know? So, Thank you so much for uh, joining the podcast. Um, I wanted to ask, you know, before we close, how can we connect with you, um, Aileen? How can we purchase your book, um, your books? Uh, how can we, you know, support you in the future? Awesome. So you can definitely connect with me. I'm on social media. Um, if you Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter is all the same social media handle name at Aileen, A-L-I-N-E-J, Milfort, M-I-L-F-O-R-T. And uh, my website is AileenJMilfort.com. And if you would like to purchase some books, you can find it on my website or you can go on Amazon as well. Awesome. 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 So again, thank you so much for connecting with me. Um, for those who are listening, Aileen and I never met. We were supposed to actually be on a panel together uh, last year, but the event got postponed due to a uh, hurricane. Um, but we still remained um, connected through social media. And I'm so happy that you um, took the time out to be with us uh, for this episode. And I hope that we get to meet each other in in the near future. Yes, you are amazing. I'm so happy that we definitely connected. Um, I, I truly love your ministry, what you stand for. You're, you definitely encouraged me on so many occasions. So I'm I really appreciate that. I really, really appreciate that. So again, thank you.
Um, and to everyone that is listening, you know, please keep in mind that May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Um, I hope that this episode will help you um, and bring some clarity and, and bring you to a place of comfort that you're open to the idea to speak to a counselor. I know in the past it has helped me tremendously. Um, even in the season that I'm in, it's definitely helped me out uh, to process my thoughts, to unpack certain things. Uh, a lot of times we're dealing with childhood trauma that we carry into our adulthood. And we don't realize it until we go through a hardship that brings those things out. So I hope that the conversation with Aileen today um, has really opened up your mind to see a counselor if you are if you haven't um, been open previously. So again, thank you for tuning in for this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Until next time, ciao. I hope you enjoyed this episode of the Infertility Podcast. Be sure to connect with me via social media. You can find me on Instagram at I am Danielle Joseph or on Facebook, Master Mentor and Minister. Or you can visit my website, which is www.iamdaniellejoseph.com. Thanks so much for tuning in.